So who do we trust, huh? Like always, me and Dee. Welcome to Me and Thee and Three, a Starsky and Hutch fan podcast. I'm Jen. I'm Monica. And I'm Rachel. And today we are going to talk about a number of things related to Starsky and Hutch, as we always do. I know that... Really? What makes today different? What? Uh, No, I I mean, mean, do we always talk about Starsky and Hutch? I mean, sometimes we talk about, like, weird drinks that we have, (laughs) but usually we talk about Starsky and Hutch. Do we do we have a Simon and Simon podcast? I think we did. I remember going very heavily into the mythos of Simon and Simon and examining, you know, their relationship and like how the show like commented on society of the day. There were those three weeks we became a wise guy podcast. Oh yeah, that was that was intense. And that time we were a Kingney and Lacey podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that was. And oh, I, I think at some point we body days. swapped with the McElroy brothers. <laughs> I think that happened too. I know. That was that was odd because you know, I was I was then married to another Rachel. That was a little awkward. That that you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It just was confusing. It it, it I, All I can it was. see it was a bit confusing. I, I finished a vid. Yes. yes! I'll post in a couple days. It will probably actually go up a couple days before this podcast oh, goes up. So, um, for all of you listening to us right now, I hope you watched my vid. It was. I watched it today, and it was so good. It's I cried. So good and so beautiful. And I, I'm the one who introduced Monica to the music of Jason Isbell, whose song "If We Were Vampires" is the song that she used, and I am so glad that I did that because I feel like I provided a service to this fandom and to society at large um, <laughs> in making sure Monica knew that song so she could make this beautiful vid. It really is a beautiful song, and it's the second time now I've vidded a song that I've heard performed live. Nice. Awesome! Yeah. I wonder what number three is gonna be. Hmm. Considering but, how few concerts I go to, limited <laughs> options. <laughs> but you go to concerts with good music, so that's true. You haven't done a Frank mm-hmm. Turner vid yet. It's true, and I feel like that needs to happen at some point. I like his music a lot. I just feel that I I don't get strong fandom associations with most of his songs. We had that one association, but it was for um, Mad, Mad Max. Max Fury Road, and you're not going to vid that. No. <laughs> so that's that's not really going to work. But yeah, the vid is great. We're going to link it in the show notes. So if you didn't see the links that Monica has in the future already posted, you can go to the uh, blog post. Um, oh, that was the other thing that I should mention. We have a functioning website. Woo! Um, 
we're not uh, the most tech savvy people. We're not the least tech savvy people either, but um, none of us had ever actually set up a domain before. So it was a bit of trial and error, but we now own me and the and three.com. And we are going to be posting future episodes there. We've already imported everything to uh, meandtheand3.com that was on meandtheand3.wordpress.com. And we'll have a link on the WordPress page uh, redirecting everyone to our new website. We're also in the next little while, maybe before you hear this, maybe after, um, re-uploading some of the older episodes so that we have everything hosted on site. And that way we can set up an RSS feed so we can submit this podcast to iTunes and other places and make it more accessible to all of you. So that is an exciting development. Uh, The website looks ugly right now because we just started building it, but the posts are there and I have a sense of pride in having gotten it up there. As well you should. It it was trickier than I thought it was going to be from hearing about the various roadblocks you faced. (laughs) See, I didn't hear about these roadblocks, so it seemed like magic. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all good. I want to talk about a trip we went to a resale store that had a lot of vintage toys. Oh yeah, that uh, I might, that we you know we got some stuff from. Yeah, all three of us went to a nearby city and hung out. And at this store, we saw some interesting Starsky and Hutch merchandise. Rachel, do you want to talk about it? Okay, well. I was not the one to spot any of this first. Except maybe I was for the dolls. I think you were. Okay. I didn't spot anything first. It was all you guys. So first, the first thing that we saw actually was a little Torino sitting on top of a box. And that was actually the completed uh, kit of a Torino. So someone put it together and they, they put it together quite well. And it's fun because, like, the hood of the car opens. Oh. So you can see the engine. And I'm sure that's way more interesting for car people. Uh, I mean, it's kind of cool because it's like, oh, look, it opens and closes. You for can... me, because I'm not a car person. You can reenact <laughs> the beginning of death in a different place. There we go. There we go. So there was, there was, that was the first thing we saw. And then I turned around. And then there was a case. And I saw a blonde head and a curly dark head, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I like just I just pointed because I I wasn't like I didn't believe my eyes. I was like, "Is that really Starsky and Hutch?" So I just pointed. I was like, "Monica, Jen, look!" And indeed, it they, was. Were they like six inch figures, eight inch figures, something like that? Uh, six inch, yeah, I think six inch. Maybe eight inch, six inch. Anyway, smaller than Barbies, but about the same proportions. Dolls, which uh, I'm sure many other fans do own. I think they're the most common mass-produced doll form of Starsky and Hutch. They were not in their package, and they were being sold as a group with a similar doll of the Fonz. Um, (laughs) So apparently they're hanging out with him. Which is a thing. And the thing is, I feel like it's a mistake on the shop owner's part to package them that way because a lot of Starsky and Hutch fans aren't going to be interested in the Fonz. And a lot of Fonz fans aren't going to be interested in Starsky and Hutch. And actually, I think that's the situation they're more likely to run into 
because Milwaukee is, as you know, home of Happy Days. And there are a lot of Fonz fans in Milwaukee. There's even a bronze Fonz statue mm-hmm. that lots of tourists visit. Uh, Go take a picture with it. Yeah, so I think that shop owner is going to maybe lose some sales because people might want the Fonz, but not Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, if the Fonz wasn't in there, I would have snapped that up. Like, it gave me pause, and I kind of regret not getting it uh, now. Yeah, and I dissuaded Rachel from getting it. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, walking's not that. I mean, you know, I can always go back and get it. Basically, but. our shopping dynamic is that I want everything, but I'm unwilling to spend money. Monica thinks that we shouldn't have material things. And <laughs> Rachel wants things and is willing to pull the trigger on buying them if sufficiently influenced. So Monica and I are the devil and the angel on Rachel's shoulders, <laughs> Uh, alternately persuading and dissuading her from purchasing things. We did get the Torino model, though. Yes. And the third thing that we saw was a very small, not matchbox car, but similar size uh, of the Torino. It also came with another car that was not Hutch's car, I don't think. It was just like a generic car. And tiny little figures of Starsky and Hutch, which is great, except... The Hutch figure was bending a perp over the car to, like, handcuff him, and his figure was, like, connected to the other figure. (laughs) So, unfortunately, Starsky and Hutch cannot interact without this third stranger in between them at all times. Which, you know, limits the possibilities or forces you to become creative. (laughs) I'm not sure which. I mean, the whole point of having any toy form of your faves is so you can make them kiss. Exactly! That's why I want the dolls! <laughs> I mean that's that's a good reason. I think the other car is supposed to be the perp's car. Yeah, probably. That he's bending him over, which like that's a position. <laughs> also, like Starsky's position is with his leg up, like he's about to climb on top of the hood or, I think of his he was, car. Yeah. So that would be a really awkward set of tiny dolls, and they're like they're like a centimeter tall. Like they're very right. very small figures. The, the perp did have dark hair, so I guess you could pretend it was Starsky. <laughs> but that's not necessarily the orientation you want them in, right? Well, it, it depends. Okay. Like, you know, they can take turns arresting <laughs> each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's all their role play. <laughs> that would be really vanilla for them, oh wouldn't it? Oh god, yeah. yeah. Other people would be like, ooh, you use handcuffs in bed, spicy. And they'd be like, uh, actually, it's getting kind of boring. <laughs> It's just we have the tools on hand. I want to go shopping for more fun toys. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Rachel, I'm really excited. I want to see some stuff that you bought. (gasps) Oh, yeah. So this actually came a lot faster than I thought. Like, I got home from France, and all of a sudden, this box was there. Uh, Okay, so I I bought quite a bit more than this, but this is the Starsky and Hutch related things. So first we have an original... Coffee-stained Starsky and Hutch script of the episode, as it was titled on this script, Is It Okay to Love You, Hooch? Oh, and that's the episode, A Body Worth Guarding. Yep, But Is It Okay to Love You, Hooch is such a better title. (laughs) I wish they'd kept that title. I will just say, they're both bad titles. (laughs) I feel like there is a third option that could have been better, um, because... This is, like, a title that's just making fun of her accent is weird, but a body worth guarding is gross, so there's no winners here. That's all I'm saying. So one of the reasons I bought this was I wanted to see what the directions, the stage directions were for... Do they call them stage directions in TV? I don't know. Anyway, the direction was, 
for the scene between Cersei and Huggy where there's a lot of sexual attention <laughs> and there's nothing. Oh. All we get is Starsky sitting. And then it's just pure dialogue from there. So, like, I feel like Antonio Fargus and Paul Michael Glazer just took the script and just did what they wanted. <laughs> We should we should try to recreate that with as much sexual tension as Antonio Fargus and Paul Michael Glazer had. Okay, who wants to who wants to go? Who wants to be? I mean, um, I'm okay with whatever. I just I also want to offer that the director who is the director of that episode because I who feel is the like director of this episode because scripts for TV scripts are written uh, first and then a director is hired. The director doesn't have a lot of control of the the dialogue it's a writer's medium but a director would have had control over directing Paul Michael Glazer and Antonio Fargus to play that scene how it was played so I'm really curious about what was going through the director's mind some combination of the director and the actors I want to see Rachel as Puggy and Jenna Starsky you're just volunteering us (laughs) yes so you're not involved well I'm Hutch but Hutch is in the exactly That's why it's perfect. (laughs) Okay. Wait, who's who? You're Starsky. Okay, okay. Um, So I'm sitting. Interior, the pits, night. Small bar, music playing. Starsky is at the bar having a beer. Huggy enters, sees him and walks over and passes him. If it's me you're waiting on, I'll be in the back booth. Huggy keeps walking and sits in Booth, on the side where he is hidden. Starsky rises and goes to join him. There are worse things than being seen with me. And better, too. So let's leave well enough alone. You look weird. What do you mean? Sort of lopsided. Oh, yeah, I know. Starsky without a hutch is like a pig without the pork. Where is the police department's number one beach boy? I mean, we both know that at night, Huggy lying in bed thinks of uh, creative insults and and nicknames for Starsky and Hutch. So Starsky replies, playing guard duty to a dancer, liking it less than spit. You're crude. You know that. So I've been told. Now, down to business. And I thought you were my friend. I need some help, friend. Such as... Anybody on the street passing out money for muscle on a picket line? You got better ears than I thought, Grandma. Two thugs hired for a demo tonight at... The Russian Ballet, right? You keep this up, and you'll run Huggy out of business. I want a lead on who's doing the hiring. Who's doing the picketing. Don't play detective, Huggy. Perish the thought. The pickets are the Jewish activists. Then I suggest you check out the desert people. You're a lot of help. Only because you caught me on a good day. So, Monica, was that full of sexual tension or not? I would say not as much as the original version, uh, but close. Close. I I think if I were the director, I would be like, you need about 15% more sexual tension. All right, that's a good direction. Which which one's getting that direction, or is it to both Both, of us? Yeah, I definitely could have gotten much more into, you know... mm, Yeah, a little more hostile, but in a sexy way. Yeah. I was trying to do a a sexy Starsky voice. 
I mean, you I guys were doing a pretty across. good job. I'm not saying you did a bad job. Just it could have been a little sexier. I mean, considering we are not actual actors. It's true. I think, you know, it's a fair criticism. It's a fair direction. You know, <laughs> this was our first take. It's right. true. It's first true. Take. I think I think we did pretty good. Yeah. I mean, scenes take a long time to film in television. Mm-hmm. So that would not have been the take that made it to Yeah, to no, they just, they, just, they just kept making it sexier and sexier, I bet, you know? Probably the first time they did it, they probably were, like, pretty jovial. And I was like, no, come on, guys, we gotta sex it up. This is TV. This is a police drama. I like the idea of it being the actors just playing gay chicken. <laughs> like, let's keep leveling this up and I don't see think, how far to push it. I don't think, I think, though, I think, though, that they would both win at gay chicken. I think they'd both be down. I think I they'd think both they be would. I think they you know? would. I think that's usually, like, the point of gay chicken. People don't go into it unless they secretly want to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd, it'd just be casual friend stuff, though, yes, you know? Because they both, they, you know, both had their probably various partners and stuff, so. That's true. But yeah, so that's, that. I haven't read through the whole script, but I think it's pretty cool. Was that Beach Boy line in the episode? Because I don't that's remember it, and it's right? hilarious. I don't remember either. I mean, yeah. I, I do remember some of those lines, but not yep. that specifically, so that might have got changed. We're going to actually listen to this scene now and see how it compares to the rendition we just did. Oh, I love Hutch's rant at the beginning of this episode. We're going to rewatch it. It's only like 30 seconds long. You ever wonder why? Why what? Life. It's too early in the morning for that, Hutch. No, I mean it's dusk. There's got to be more to life than just... Breathing in and breathing out. There is. What? As a matter of fact, I have a midnight meet with the most beautiful thing since... You're a hedonist, you know that? Hmm? A hedonist. Just so long as I enjoy myself. (laughs) Okay, I want to point out some some differences. Okay. Okay, so the first one, there's some um, inconsequentials, like... Uh, Starsky just said it's too early in the morning for this, and this in in the script he just says it's too early in the morning, Hutch. Um, and Hutch says in the script there has to be more to living than just breathing in and out. There was a couple back and forth, like Hutch says what in the show when mm-hmm. that's not in here. And then what I found really that's interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jen was looking over my shoulder, so she just saw. Uh, okay, so in the show. He says, uh, I have a th- I have something with a, what does he say? He says, a, a no, 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 in the show. Like no, a 12 no, no, I know, but... meeting with the most beautiful thing. Yes. Yeah. In the script, I have a midnight meet with the most beautiful woman since. Oh. <laughs> so. I, I'm not sure if it's an upgrade or a downgrade. Right. Like, on the one hand, it's more gender ambiguous. That's on the other like. hand, it's... Objection. It, it's uh, objectifying a woman as a thing because I think or the script is still a man as a thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. But I just think no, I given it. given the time frame, like yeah. they thought woman and thing were interchangeable words, right. and that's mm-hmm. a problem. But it does allow for us to do an alternative reading. Mm-hmm. Then the last change was as long as I enjoy myself in the show and as long as I have a good time in the script. But that was I I like the gender ambiguity. 
a lot of the of the of the thing. Like as someone who does put queer readings into everything, that's the reading I'm gonna go with. That's fair. Especially, especially since this is like the post breakup with Starsky and and Huggy. Maybe that's what happened. Mm. Maybe he was going to see someone new and Huggy was mad. Oh. That could be it. Oh. I buy that interpretation. Yeah, that's totally what happened. I'm just remembering now. I've only seen this episode once before, but I'm remembering that like Hutch gets mad because Anna. This is the U.S. <laughs> Aren't there and also doesn't strike me as like the most patriotic person or anything, but <laughs> for whatever reason that oh. that ticks him off. Aren't there also like a lot of things about how like Hutch and this ballerina could be siblings? Right. They they <laughs> they talk a lot about how they're both really blonde and they'd have beautiful children, which gross. <laughs> it's super gross. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I wanna try to find this. Okay, I found it. But then they also have good flirting that I love. Like, I love the arm wrestling, and I love Hutch showing off his handstands. Oh, so, yeah. like, their flirting is, like, by turns really disturbing and really fun and sweet, <coughs> so... That's why they're not gonna last. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you a secret. Mm. I love to talk about myself. No. Never would have guessed. <laughs> I find that really cute. You waiting on me, I'll be in the back booth. That bartender's like, I know exactly what's going on and I am not getting involved. <laughs> Worse things than being seen with me. Better. So let's leave well enough alone. You look weird. What do you mean? A little lopsided. I know. A Starsky without a hutch is like a pig without the pork. How is the police department's number one beach boy? Guarding a dancer's party and liking a lesson's spit. You're crude, you know that? So I've been told. Now, down to business. I thought you were my friend. Need some help. Friend. Such as? Anybody on the street passing out money for muscle on a picket line. You got better ears than I thought, Grandma. Two thugs hired for a demo tonight at the... Russian Ballet. If you keep this up, you're going to put Huggy out of business. I got to know who's doing the hiring. Who's doing the picketing? Don't play detective. I wish the thought. The JOA. Who? The Jewish Organization for Action. I suggest you check out the desert people. You're a lot of help. Only because you caught me on a good day. Don't call me on a bad one. Perish the thought. It was so good. I'm glad they did it. It was so sexy. Wow. Also, oh. like, okay, if it's just Huggy's half of the conversation with different delivery from Starsky, it's totally just some friends. Like, yeah. getting information. Whatever Paul Michael was doing in that scene. And I think the fact that you've got the music, you've got the, like, bow-chicka-wow-wow 70s porn music. Mm-hmm. 
And you've also got whatever Paul Michael Glazer was doing with his voice and that beer. <laughs> There's a lot of swallowing and a lot of considered sips and a lot of eye fucking. <laughs> and like, I just, what? <laughs> yeah, for me, it was it was his voice. And then the way he just kept staring with like half-lidded eyes at, at Huggy. Mm-hmm. He was he was definitely Paul Michael Glazer. I yeah, who knows? Who knows? Such so a boredom weird scene. or I mean, he didn't have much to do in this episode. It's yeah. true. Yeah, so weird. So <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, but oh, it's, it's so, so inexplicable, and like on paper, it doesn't come across that way at all. Mm-hmm. So someone <laughs> decided to play it that way, and that was that was really something. Yeah. I, I, I want to point out just, like, one other line difference that I thought was interesting. Um, and, you know, he said Hutch is guarding a dancer's body and liking it less than spit, where in the script he just says playing guard duty to a dancer, liking it less than spit. So, so like, I, I actually like that he made it cruder because Huggy says you're crude. Mm. So I, I like that they made it a little grosser. That makes sense. Yeah, because the original line isn't really... Unless just saying yeah, the word not, spit, which yeah, I don't think Huggy would consider the word spit crude. Yeah, but saying guarding the dancer's body, like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's you know... Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, that was a change I actually liked for the text that followed. Like, just makes sense. Sure, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And also, like, jealous. Starsky. <laughs> Starsky is just, like, his hormones are just going all over the I place. I know! Plus, I have a headcanon that, like, he and the and the leader of the Jewish organization, like, had a thing. Oh, they totally had a thing. <laughs> like, you know? It's just, Starsky has slept with a lot of people in this episode. Wow. That was certainly a thing. Yeah. I, we The next, like, ten seconds are the handstand, so we're gonna watch it. Okay. Cause... And Marcia said, if you move like that, you may as well walk on your hands. Do you know what I did? Yes. I immediately got... What did you say? I said I know what you did. You do not. How could you? I do. All right. What did I do? <laughs> this. <laughs> and it almost tumbles into a fireplace. But I can do it much better. Oh, come on. <laughs> I think it's a real fireplace, too. This is not filmed safely. <laughs> what's Okay, what's interesting is I was looking over Rachel's shoulder at the script, and there is stage direction in this scene, mm-hmm. and including a paragraph that says... Anna leaps up and walks across the room on her hands and ends up on the floor next to Hutch. Their heads are facing each other on the floor. There is a beat of each feeling the sexual attraction. They are loudly quiet as they talk, in almost unadmitted but felt intimacy that they both enjoy without showing it. <laughs> That's too poetic. <laughs> yeah. their, their flirtation and foreplay is some of the cutest and most charming and some of the creepiest. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot a lot going on there. But the, the point I wanted to make is basically I think the fact that there were no directions in the scene with Starsky and Huggy 
probably made them feel like, I don't know what this dynamic is supposed to be or why this script is being written this way. And so someone, either the director or Paul Michael Glazer, was like, well, I'm going to play it as sexual tension because that's the only way this makes sense. You know what? And that, kind of, that, that makes sense to me, too, because the, the script is a little weird. That mm-hmm. interaction between them has some dialogue that just doesn't quite, like, I'm not sure, like, what's going on. And, like, Huggy was giving it fairly straightforward. Like, you know, he was, uh, Antonio Fargus was being Huggy. So, like, but it it was, like, huh, these are some odd things Huggy's saying in the scene. But then since Paul Michael Glazer decided to play it so intensely, it felt less weird. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it true. Felt, it felt weirdly sexual, but less like slightly awkward it was weird mm-hmm. it, it felt like there was intentionally stuff that was being left unspoken that there was mm-hmm. some scene happening between them before this that we weren't privy to whereas i think if they'd played it straight pun <coughs> absolutely intended it would have come across as completely nonsensical and we've like we've talked about like the opaqueness of starsky and hudge episodes before so like i wonder if that's this is just like how scripts were maybe you know? and also but the interesting thing is because we do know that the teleplay and the director are the same person, like, that's... Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. You know? Like, were they, they thought that the story was clearer mm-hmm. because they had, like, backstory in their head that never made it into the script? Or maybe as you read this, you will discover scenes that never made it into the final cut. Yeah, that's know. also See, possible. This is the final draft of it, so this okay. is the one that they worked filming off okay. of. Okay. Well, then, it says final draft, but it doesn't say shooting script. Oh, that's true. Okay. So things could have been added been, once they yeah. had a final draft and were like, okay, this is the one we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, do. But it's it's unclear. And obviously, like, in the dynamism of, of television production, you've always got different line readings, some ad-libbing, some different choices being made. So even a, a shooting script for an episode of television is never mm-hmm. going to match up 100%. But it would definitely, probably, definitely, probably, that was a useful qualifier. (laughs) It would probably include any scenes that might have been cut for time, Mm -hmm. which is pretty standard. So there definitely could be stuff in here. Can I flip it? Yeah. That is a really interesting purchase. Yeah, I was excited about it. There there were some other scripts for sale from where I got it, Uh, but they were mostly photocopies. And so I was like, you know, I, I decided, so, so I was buying so many other things. I decided, you know, just buy the original, um, the one that wasn't original. And there are some scripts at the Iowa Archive. I remember flipping through the Coffin oh, for Starsky yeah. one, and that had some interesting slight tweaks here and there. And then I remember reading the Ollie report for The Fix, and someone in the comment section said that they had read an earlier script online and I asked for a link. So if you go to the comment section of uh, the Ollie report of the episode The Fix, if you scroll down through the comments, uh, eventually you'll find the link to a script for The Fix and you can read it online. Did you buy anything else? I did get some other stuff. I got some zines. So just give me a second to pull those out. Okay, so I got three zines. Two of them are originals and one is a photocopy. And actually the photocopy one, it's good it's a photocopy because it's uh, one shot and the original is so faded, like all the copies of the original, that it's better to have the a photocopied version because you can actually read it still. Oh, that's like, nice. Like they're, they're dark, but you can read it like, you know, real easily. 
So, because, like, I really wanted to read one shot um, on all the stories in there, um, I got that one. I love the cover for that one. Oh, it's such a good cover. It's, it's really cute. It's my it's my favorite cover. And um, I, I think that's one of the few covers that has uh, Huggy and Doby on the a cover with mm-hmm. Starsky and Hutch, and they're in a really cute, like, group pose doing kind of goofy uh, rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that, like... Dobie is perfectly willing to do rabbit ears on Starsky. <laughs> That's super cute. <laughs> <laughs> he would, though. Yeah, that, we we actually did the, um, because we saw this at the Iowa Archives, um, there's a, um, oh. a crossword puzzle in okay. the back, and that's the one, that's, we did that. We did we the did crossword puzzle. We took, um, photos of the, of the What is that image actual, in the back? Oh, Huggy and, and Starsky's meal. Root beer. <laughs> Tacos. <laughs> Instant guacamole sauce? That sounds disgusting. It does sound disgusting. <laughs> but Starsky would eat it. But yeah, this is interesting because this has a lot more goofy art and it's just like a lot um, a lot more varied. I think this was from 1980, I want to say. Okay. So pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. 1980, April 1st, April Fool's. Published in Columbus, Ohio. So yeah, so I'm really excited to read that, and of course you're welcome to borrow and read it. I also got Day by Day, which is kid fic, and that's written, this is written by Martha J. Bonds, and illustrated by Tax, T-A-C-S, and this is one where um, they take care of an older kid for whatever reason. I, I haven't read it yet, but I wanted to... You know, I wanted to read some kid fic, and this one is slash. Uh, one shots Jen. This is this is a slash zine, and it's it's one story. So we got you know, got some more or less sexy pictures of them. Um, I'm trying to find some interesting. That's cool. Oh yeah, this this one this one's nice. Where they're just like looking intense. They look very mad. They do. Well, probably it's near. It's it's around the climax, so probably some stuff is going down. But yeah, so so this is this is Kidfic, and they take care of some kid, I and am like into basically kid adopt him. Um, oh, this is this is this last illustration where like Starcy's like dying, but I don't think he actually dies. He's just injured. Um, <laughs> I I assume he doesn't die. I didn't see anything on like the fan lore page where he dies. So I think I think you would know if it was a death fic. I think the yeah. fandom is pretty good about advertising death fic so that people don't get surprised by it. I like how the artist has... Oh, here's a sex... This is the only sexy picture I found. Made Hutch's longer hair much more luscious than David like Souls ever was. <laughs> it's like Jim Morrison. Oh my god. So, yeah, I, I I can't find any illustrations. Oh, there, here. This kid who looks exactly like Hutch as, like, a child. Weird. It's <laughs> weird. But, you know, like, then he can be like, yes, this is, like, my actual son, and, like, make it easier, you know, and just lie, like, yes, this is my child. That's true. So, there's that. That's And then I got um, Casa Cabrillo, which is another anthology. Uh, more recent. What's that from? Does it say in the front? Day it by Day? It says 85. Okay. So September day by day. 85. This was published when you were born. Aw, nice. Oh, this is actually, okay, Casa Cabrillo is actually 1980 as well. Okay. So, two 1980 zines and the other one. I don't know if this is Jen or Slash. Everyone who is, is listening to this is like, I know, I know, because, you know. <laughs> yeah, sorry for us being wrong about things. Oh, wow, that is that is a page entirely of porn. 
Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. See, I was yes, looking, it is. This is what I was trying to find. I was trying to find, because I was like, really, are there no, like, explicit art in this slash scene? I want to know surprised. how Starsky got entirely naked and Hutch is still wearing all of his clothes. Um, but that's, like, sexy? <laughs> is that not a thing you enjoy? No, I just, I do enjoy it. I just feel like it's unbalanced. I'm sure they even know the but score. That's... I mean, well, they did. They did. They definitely did eventually. So yeah, I don't know if Cas- what Castle Cabrillo is. I suppose we could actually go and look on the fan lore page right now, but we're not because we're lazy people. <laughs> but what I really like about this, and I think would be really cool, there's a menu in the center of it. And it's got like, you know, it's got like pun based and also just like themed, themed things. I love it. I love it. Like Kira's double delight. Like, no, she said no to the threesome. So she's not going to have a, well, I guess that'd be a triple delight maybe if you included that. Anyway. It does say one day only. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, what would be really cool is to take this menu and like build um, a meal out of it. Like make things (laughs) that, um... Make a whole, you know, make a whole meal based on these. Uh, I feel like fandom menus is not a thing I've really explored in my fandom mm-hmm. uh, life, and that would be an interesting thing to kind of develop. Yeah. When I was in seventh grade, we had a project where we needed to make a menu for a theme restaurant, uh, and I made one that was like animorphs themed. <laughs> nice. So this feels very much like what that assignment would have looked like if someone had chosen Starsky Hatch. So you laughed at something. I want to know what. I laughed at Huggy Beer. <laughs> <laughs> I was also laughing at the prices. Huggy Beer is 98 cents. Let's see. We have the Mojave Martini. We have Teriyaki. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Just shot. She doesn't get fried. We, we do have veal piccata and linguine with clams. Filet of soul. <laughs> For all your cannibalism needs. Uh, let's see. What else? Aunt Rosie's chicken soup. Yeah, all the all the soups are things that are actually mentioned in the show. Black bean, Aunt Rosie's, and the clo- cold canned clam chowder. <laughs> Botulism soup. Golden cheese blintzes. Ah, we've got blin blintzes. There's two different kinds of blintzes. Uh, and we've got nar noshes. So we're, we're celebrating the, the showrunners. That's good. Huggy bear claws for dessert. I it should be all huggy puns. <laughs> but yeah, like quite a few of those. Like, I would be happy to like take and actually make as a real thing. Yeah. And like serve as a Cersei Hatch themed dinner party, you know? <laughs> Could be fun. Roast guinea pig. <laughs> oh no! Louise, I think was the guinea pig's name. You can get Venice, son. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem. The main course seems mostly like fish or things like guinea pig and venison. It's like, I don't want to serve any of those things. Well, there's there's a sirloin steak out. Okay. Oh, and the teriyaki. The teriyaki. There's goose. (laughs) No, I don't want to serve goose. There's no zebra. Well, that's good. Which is probably for the best, but is, uh, is interesting. That's really awesome. But yeah, this, this has, you know, a bunch of other stuff. I just wanted to point out the menu because I thought that was cool. I love so, it. Like, lots of stories. I'm trying to find if there's any art. Here's Starsky <laughs> fishing out the Torino. <laughs> the caption for that picture is, I know we agreed to let the captain use us as bait, but Hutch. <laughs> so it's actually not Starsky. I think it's like oh. Dobie 
with their Torino on the end of oh, a hook okay. using it as bait, <laughs> which is beautiful. Yeah, I just glanced at it, so I hadn't looked at it closer. I mean, it's it is a black and white image, and it's from the back, so it's until um, you read the caption, it's hard to tell what it's supposed to be. This is interesting. There's a poem at the end called "The Censors." They would take away reality, lock us in a room of down. What a shock to find the world in, if they'd just take a look around. The violence they've deleted, because there is too much. But how can I love my brother, of whom I cannot touch? How can our children learn of life, nestled in a silk cocoon, watching only the pleasant things, while the censors play the tune? If all the world were a TV show, then Lord above forbid, you can bet your bottom dollar that the world would get the lid. Hmm. That's interesting. And that was by? That was by Lynn Childers Dean. It's a nice um, calligraphy, like hand-done calligraphy uh, for the poem. Also, right before it, there is a piece of fan art of the Enterprise and someone saying, "Uh, Captain, I think the Vulcans have been watching too many Starsky and Hutch episodes. And then there's a Vulcan (laughs) ship with the Torino stripe. (laughs) And that's by Dale Wright. That's really cute. There's lots of cute things in here. I would love to flip through this more. Speaking of zines, Monica, I'm slowly making progress on the zine I bought, Evolutions, book one and book two. I finally finished book one. I, I The fact that it's taking me a while has nothing to do with the quality of this work. It's a really great story. I've just been really busy. Uh, the month of May was jam-packed with conventions, vacations, all sorts of stuff. But um, I did talk about this when I first bought it. Uh, I mentioned the beautiful cover art and my idea of what what it was about, I was actually a little bit wrong. I, I said that it sets up the idea that Starsky and Hutch uh, met and had uh, fairly, like, no-strings-attached atta- hookup uh, before they started the police academy when they didn't know that they were both enrolling in the police academy. And then when they discover that they're both there... They decide that they don't want to risk their careers, but they have so much tension between them and they're so attracted to each other. They decide to just limit their encounters to one Friday a month. Um, and it's like the the last Friday of the month or something. Um, and they have some rules, like if either of them has a serious girlfriend at the time, they'll, they'll not do it. If something gets in the way, too bad they missed that month. And I thought that it was then going to very closely follow along the events of the show. The first book is almost entirely pre-show. The very last chapter, you finally get to the fix. Um, Mm. But that's the only actual following along of the events of the show in the first book. And I thought that was really interesting because there's a lot of world building then in, in book one of Evolution. Actually, after you get the, after the first couple chapters, a lot less sex than you'd probably imagine. I thought this was going to be a pretty steamy story, and it is. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of it is just plot world building. The show does this thing where they will introduce a character and be like, "Oh yes, they're a close friend of Starsky or Hutch's," or "Oh yes, they were a mentor of Starsky and Hutch's." But it's the very first time you ever heard of them in the show, and then you never hear about them again. And the show does this a lot. So there actually are a lot of characters that you can play with for their pre-series lives. Um, And the authors, author, authors, I'm so sorry. It is um, Dana Austin Marsh. I, I should have remembered that. She does a great job of 
um, using all, all these little canon details to flesh out uh, their backstory. So John Blaine is in this. Hutch's mentor, uh, Luke Huntley, is in it. Uh, you get some Iron Mike from, you know, before. Uh, it it takes them through the academy, and I don't know much about what life at a police academy is like, but I, they paint a pretty believable picture. And I will also say that there's a long chapter devoted to Starsky finally getting the Torino. He's been saving up his money for a long time. Aww. And when he gets it, and Hutch immediately hates it, and like Starsky's <laughs> kind of crushed. Oh, no. so, well, it's not that angsty, but... um. One of my favorite parts, uh, not to spoil anything, but if, if you want to go into it completely unspoiled, perhaps uh, skip ahead 30 seconds, that the next time they have sex, Starsky keeps like taking Hutch to the edge and then backing off and being like, say that you love the Torino. And, Hutch, <laughs> and <laughs> Hutch keeps refusing, even when he's like almost out of his mind, and finally he's like, fuck the Torino, and Starsky's like, I could, you know, I could fuck the Torino, and then that like turns Hutch wow. on, <laughs> and I, I thought that was great because I like the idea of somehow bringing the Torino into their sex lives, and this does it in a funny way. It's funny, but it's also kind of sexy, and um, so that was one scene that I quite enjoyed. So I'm looking forward to reading the next book, but I, I definitely have been enjoying it so far. I want to say two things. First, you're talking about a threesome with the Torino while I'm staring at the Torino tomato painted by Paul McClaser on the wall. It's a very interesting experience. <laughs> and two, that's really exciting. Like, I like, you know, good meaty backstory, like, fic. Like, that, that really intrigues me. And, like, is Vanessa in it at all? No, because, okay. okay, like, the divorce finalizes during the story, but by the time Hutch and Starsky meet for the very first time, Hutch They're and Vanessa have separated. Okay, that's, that's good. That's all I wanted to know. Would Starsky fuck a striped tomato Call Me By Your Name style? I've never seen Call Me By Your Name. I haven't seen it either, but I know a guy fucks a peach. Oh... <laughs> I didn't know that either, so I'm glad you explained. <laughs> I was quite confused. I thought that this had, like, become... No! Like, I feel like half the jokes I've seen on the internet, like, in the last six months have just been about peach fucking. Not on my Twitter. Well, I'm just the filth. Okay, cool. But would he? <laughs> I mean, my original question still stands. No, I don't think... I'm, I mean... I'm not interested in that question. I'm sorry. I don't think it's really sexy to fuck a fruit or a vegetable. And we're not going to argue about whether a tomato is a fruit or a vegetable. <laughs> what I think would be sexy would be the Torino fucking either Starsky or Hutch. I mean, I think, I think it would be fun to have... You know what? I haven't really thought this through yet. I'll get back to you on it. <laughs> I will I'm say that, that. tomatoes are considerably more acidic than peaches. So maybe that would be a bad idea. Do tomatoes so, ever, like, burn your mouth? I eat as few raw tomatoes as I possibly can, so I'm not actually sure yeah, if Monica's they... Yeah, Monica's anti-tomato. I They don't burn your mouth. They just... I don't know. I guess as long as mouth? you don't have an open wound, you're, you're probably okay. I think... This is getting weird. I'm so sorry. I think... Okay, my answer's gonna be no, because 
Starsky really takes offense at it being called a striped tomato. Mm. So he has no interest in tomatoes, striped or otherwise. He also has no interest in produce. <laughs> <laughs> because you've already taken to the dirty place. I remember now what I think would be fun. And it would be Starsky fucking Hutch via the Torino. <laughs> which would be attaching a dildo to the passenger seat of the <gasps> Torino having Hutch sit on that, and then taking the Trino on a very bumpy ride. Oh my god, yes! That is nice. When we upload this to iTunes, this is getting the explicit tag. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) I only said that because we were already there. I mean, it's fun to bring you to the dark side. Rachel and I are usually alone in our filth corner. Oh, I think things. I just don't like to say them out loud most of the time because I blush. You're such a polite Midwesterner. <laughs> but in the audio, in the medium of audio, no one can see how red you are. Right, it's true. <laughs> On podcasts, no one can see you blush. <laughs> Whew. All right, so this is something I just discovered. I'm surprised. I don't think I've actually gone on to the wikipedia.org page of Starsky and Hutch episodes. Um, which just lists them by season and then has uh, their premiere date, their DVD release date, some other information. I was scrolling through to find out something about an episode, and I discovered that they also have a list of submitted scripts that were not filmed for each season. And there's not sourcing for this, so I don't know how true this is. I don't know who wrote this. I don't know where they're getting this information from, but I thought it was kind of interesting so I'll just read a few of the ones that that piqued my interest. For season one, one script they had was apparently tentatively called Death Comes Knocking. The death of a World War II veteran and his wife hits too close for home for Captain Doby. Oh. Sorry. Hits too close to home for Captain Doby. I think that would have been nice to get another Captain Doby episode. Yes. Yeah, that sounds oh, good. That would have been, oh my god. I want that. Fate worse than death. An ill-fated love triangle leads to the death of a nightclub bouncer. Very generic, but I'm curious. Yeah. Oh my god. Even, okay, I mean, okay. I know we already had in the show Hutch being suspected of murder, but if either Starsky or Hutch were in that um, love triangle and so they were a suspect, like, I am here for all of them, (laughs) all the stories where one of them is a suspect, or both. That's fair. I'm not going to hide the fact I do like the episodes that are, like, the personal episodes for our heroes. Mm. I think most people do. They tend to be the most emotionally tense episodes. Um, So one that sounds kind of cool is Siege of Terror. Starsky and Hutch have two hours to free the hostages of three thieves in an army surplus store. (laughs) Army surplus store is interesting. That's an escape room. (laughs) (laughs) We just did an escape room the other day, and we won. Yeah. It was great. And uh, they asked us for a team name, so we gave them Zebra 3. And then when we were uh, interacting with uh, our, our helper over a screen in the corner of the room, they would be like, Zebra 3, have you checked for this clue? <laughs> it was so fun. It was awesome. Uh, Mojo, Starsky and Hutch pose as chemists to capture thieves trying to peddle morphine back to the insurance company. Ooh. Could be interesting. This one's interesting. This is a season two script, The Trade-Off. A narcotics dealer facing prosecution kidnaps Hutch's ex-wife and demands him to return the evidence. Oh. The English in these summaries uh, is a little 
off, so I've, I've been, if I'm stumbling on my words, it's partly that I'm rephrasing from what's been actually typed. Mm-hmm. If they are real, I'm really glad that that third one didn't get filmed, because I imagine it wouldn't have been done well. Probably not. What was that one that you didn't read? It was it was about uh, the Chinese mafia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to just touch back on the on the one where they're chemists. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know Hutch usually does the nerdy things, but I would love to see Starsky try to do a nerdy, a nerdy persona. Yeah, that could be interesting. I I would like to see that. I but I am thinking about like, you know how they refer to lab coat Barbie when like, a very conventionally attractive actress is playing a scientist and not seemingly not convincing. And obviously there's a lot of sexism tied into mm-hmm. the idea, but he would literally be lab coat Ken. <laughs> I feel like that's important to note. Some submitted scripts for season four, marathon day, Starsky and Hutch enter a marathon after a competitor is kidnapped by masked men on her way to the event. Ooh. I like that one partly because there's a Welcome to Nightville episode about a marathon that everyone <laughs> in the city is forced to run in and then it gets really weird. Um, but I like the idea of sort of the banter that could be in that episode. I kind of just like the title of this one. Sing, sing, little bird. Hutch finds himself in a dangerous position when he falls in love with a politician's daughter. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then really interesting <laughs> is that they have submitted scripts for season five. And there are a lot of them listed, and some of them even have, like, part one, part two, part three. So it feels like they had, like, a whole season of scripts kind of planned out, which I guess makes sense. Like, the very first two episodes, apparently, for season five were Scotland Yard, Here We Come, parts one and two. Uh, (laughs) It would be beautiful. Starsky and Hutch are tasked with investigating in Scotland Yard to stop a group of skinheads from taking over. I would watch that (laughs) so much. Yeah. And then apparently right after that, there's another woman who's obsessed with Hutch and her obsession becomes deadly. And I Gunther mean... is mentioned. Oh, right. In that summary. Oh, While attending oh. the trial of James Marshall Gunther. Uh, yeah, so it, it would be nice that they would have actually had follow-up. Ooh. I mean, on the one hand, the end of season four is so perfect. And I think the longer shows go on, the more likely they are to get weird or goofy. So, like, I think it's fine that it just lasted four seasons but this does make me kind of wish that they'd but it could have given us more dandruff i mean rachel likes dandruff (laughs) episode not the concept no one's a fan of the concept of dandruff (laughs) i would take a thousand silly just silly off the wall episodes honestly that's fair just as long as we also get the ones where I'm sitting there crying because one of them's, like, dying. Or, like, you know, are emotionally compromised. Or, oh my god. I just think of all the times where, like, Starsky's, like, quiet and intense because of all his feelings. Looks like there was one for a, a gunman is in a bank and Starsky and Hutch put themselves in the line of fire to stop uh, the reign of terror. Ooh, and when I... Oh, that was just shootout. Never mind, I was going to say. <laughs> basically just reiterate shootout. Ooh, such sweet sorrow. Captain Dobie goes on the warpath after discovering several problems on the police force after noticing some of his officers taking shortcuts in their work. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah. That would be good, but I'm just imagining like the Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode version. <laughs> like, you didn't file that paperwork in triplicate! <laughs> Just very low stakes. Fallen Angel. 
an opera singer hires the boys to protect a blue diamond she is to wear on stage from an elegant jewel thief. How much do you want to bet that that elegant jewel thief is the one from Dandruff? I would watch it! Yeah, I bet they were planning on bringing him back at some point since he completely escaped in that episode. I would like you to read the description for Last Dance. Starsky and Hutch try to get criminal charges dropped from a male escort who is accused of a murder which he did not commit. Yes! Yes! Okay, that, oh god, I want that... But there's no, like, telling where these descriptions came from. Right. And as you said, they're full of grammatical mistakes of the sort that make me think the person writing them was not a, a native English speaker. So that's interesting. Yeah, if I wish they'd cited I don't know where it came from. Yeah, yeah, if anyone does know the source, we would love to know. That's a thing that we I would really be interested in. Honestly, yeah. even if they're not real, I like the idea of someone who was like, I'm going to come up with plots for Starsky and Hutch episodes that don't exist and put them on Wikipedia. It's like they <laughs> haven't discovered that fan fiction is a thing. Yeah, it's, you know, they'll, they'll get there. Because there are weird Wikipedia trolls, like that person that said that Amelia Bedelia was from Cameroon, and then that just, like, became part of the canon. Or so. That's so weird. <laughs> it, was, it was, like, uh, two girls in college edited the... Wikipedia page for the book, the children's book series, Amelia Bedelia, to say that the author based Amelia Bedelia on a maid from Cameroon that he had, who had worked for his family as a child. And the original author is dead. And then in an interview years and years later, the son of the original author said like, oh yeah, my father based this character on a maid that he had from Cameroon. Which is not true, because two random college students came up with this and put it on Wikipedia, but it was such a minor thing that nobody ever deleted it, and so the son probably refreshed his memory by reading the Wikipedia page before answering questions about his father's life, and that, like, and they just repeated that. So the power of, of influencing the historical record uh, via subtle Wikipedia edits is a whole fascinating thing. This is not about Starsky and Hutch anymore. I'm just talking about Amelia Bedelia. It's Amelia Bedelia. But they read Amelia Bedelia to to one of their many children that they have. Clearly, you know? Or they go, or to, or because I like to think that, you know, basically they, I mean, if they have no children of their own, then when Molly grows up and she has kids, um, either with her wife or her husband or whoever, I like to think wife. Definitely. They, uh, they, you know, raise the grandkids. They take, help take care of the grandkids. That would be really cute. That would be super, super cute. Well, I think we may have come to a natural conclusion. I do want to ask, did we have any wrecks? No? Okay. I feel talked out. I, we, we did have a very busy last couple of weeks and months, in fact. Yeah, we, we have been very busy, but we wanted to get this, this podcast out to you. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed our, our last episode with our guest. Thanks again to, to Caroline for being a part of that. But for now, we will uh, close this out. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, if you would like to check out our new website, that is meandvn3.com. If you want to email us, uh, you can email us at meandvn3 at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at meand3. Bye! Bye.
sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. Feels so right, it can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long. Hello. Nope. <laughs> Why did you do that?